Blog Talk Radio. Oh my God, it never fails. <laughs> the short version, long version. Welcome to Vibe Time with Jerry. I am trying to go Facebook Live so that I can get people that want to tune in on Facebook Live too because as I've said before, Facebook has a tendency to cut off half of my show or half of my videos because of the copyrights of songs. So anyway, I want to welcome everybody to Vibe Time with Jerry. Welcome to everybody that is tuning in. Tonight, my special guest is everybody's favorite, John Stevens. So he is going to be joining me tonight, um, and I have got him on hold. Now, for those of you who don't know John Stevens, hello. For you, those of you who don't know John Stevens, he is the founder of Virginia Paranormal Events, which is on Facebook, but he also has a website www.virginiaparanormalevents.com. Um, so, no audio. Are you not hearing me at all? All right, let me see. There should be some. Let's look. Let me go in here. I might have to... Um, that's not good if you can't hear it. Let me leave for a second. Hold on. Okay, so it's okay? Okay. Because I was about to leave the studio, I thought maybe my mic was messed up. Okay, so he's, all right, so all right, you can hear me. Good. <laughs> Make sure I'm like, wait a minute, I checked my mic. So anyway, John Stevens has a website, um, www.virginiaparanormalevents.com and Facebook, um, Virginia Paranormal Events. I hope I said all that right. Um, If you want to know all the latest paranormal events, that's where you're going to go. Yes, John Stevens is a super nice guy, and yes, he gives support to everybody. Um, That's what makes him so cool. He doesn't... Yeah, I'm talking smack about you, John, because I got you on mute and you can't do shit about it. Um, Stuff about it. (laughs) He doesn't take sides with anything. He's just John Stevens. So, yeah. I met John Stevens through his sister, Donna, who happened to at one point live in Urbana, but her and her husband moved outside of Urbana. But anyway, that's how I met John Stevens. She had been telling me for years, I need you to meet my brother, I need you to meet my brother. And I was like, okay, we'll introduce us. So she did. And um, her husband is Daryl Sears, who owns a company called Unique. Um, Hi, David. Unique um, golf carts out in Urbana, and he customizes 
golf carts is what he does. He custom makes them like they're really cool. So anyway, that's how I met them. That's how I met all of them. But anyway, let me take John Stevens off because, you know, as you all know, the show is, we got what, 56 minutes now because I've been talking. Hello? Hey. Can you hear me? How are you? Good. Yeah, I can hear you, you know, fine. Uh, your uh, your check will be in the mail for all the all the kind words. And you read the script really well. I did. <laughs> you, you doing you okay? My, yeah, you even got in my family, which was uh, a bonus. You get a bonus for that. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind uh the last uh since the beginning of the year and it's just going to crank up even more. I'm I'm kind of really jealous after uh, speaking with uh John Sullivan and uh John Harris this past weekend about all the stuff that they're going to be doing. Um and and the things they've already done this year. It's just amazing. Um but we can talk about that in a few minutes as far as you know events that are coming up and things like that. It is really good to see so many people I hadn't seen in a while, like when I went to the cabin. You know, you you really do miss people. And, and mm-hmm. uh, of course, your sister Tina was there, and, and, uh, and she was in my group, and we hung around with, um, you know, several – several people and and it was really a a, a fun evening um, but it was really cold i mean oh yeah you just yeah. don't go you, you don't go to the woods after a snowstorm and it's like in the low 20s out there and and the you know it's it is what it is but it wasn't it wasn't uh I would rather be inside um, investigating. But agree. Uh, enough about that. Enough about that. So, how are you been? I have been okay. I mean, I had to put my little cat to sleep yesterday, but I'm all right. Yeah, there's a time for that kind of thing that, and no one is able to prepare themselves for that kind of death of an animal or, you know, their family member. And uh, so I hope uh, one day you sense the uh, the cat in the house, um, maybe rubbing by your leg, or, you know, uh, one day and realize that it's the cat has, is paying you a little visit. So, yeah, yeah. I hope so. We'll see. It and was very hard. You, and you got over whatever illness you had last week too. So, yeah, my my ear, my left ear decided that it wanted to swell out of nowhere, and I didn't know why. So that sucked. And um, you know, just a lot of things going on. And Saturday, I didn't go out. And part of it was because of the weather. I didn't know what the roads were going to be like when I got home. So I was like, you know, I will just stay at home. And I'm glad I did do that because the cat, 
she was just so just non-responsive with stuff. She was just kind of laying there. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. So there was a reason why things had to happen the way they did. I ended up having to go out and about anyway, you know, with her just kind of, it had to be that way. Uh, you missed a really good time at the cabin, um, as you as you probably have heard. Um, we had, like I said, there were there were people that had made the trip from um, that we typically haven't haven't seen um, in a in a long time. Uh, I mentioned you know John Harris and and um, and his wife and and, and Sullivan was there and. GI Paranormal was there, and gosh, I know I'm going to leave out about 15 other teams. Oh, the uh, uh, Robbie and Shayla uh, Ricard from uh, um, Middle Middle um, Middle. Uh, I want to say Middletown Paranormal. I might be not. That might not be correct, but anyway, they came all the way down from. Middleton, Virginia, which is a, a long ways away. That's really so, cool. Yeah, I, yeah, it was a good good turnout, and I was I'm trying to get an emergency vet for Misty. I was on the road actually, um, and I did hit some black patches of ice on the road, and that was why I didn't want to go out. But once I saw her condition, I was like, let me try to get an emergency vet, so I tried to do that, and we had no luck, but it had to be that way because when I went to the, took her to the vet yesterday, um, it was a couple hours. I took her to this new vet in um, in Williamsburg called CARE, and, you know, they took really good care of her, and at first I thought, you know, they were just giving her um, hydration. I thought maybe she was dehydrated and they were giving her stuff to hydrate her and they were the lady came in and she was like, No, she has cancer, so she's not it's not treatable. So, so I held my little meow meow and that place is very compassionate and professional. I'm just letting people know that have animals out there. That lady was very, very um compassionate and um, you know, because it was a very hard decision to make. So, but anyway, she's in a better place. She's not suffering. She don't have tumors anymore. And I got to keep her cat blankie that she was wrapped in. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anyhow. Well, you know, we uh, we had... Since the last time we did the show together, we were actually down in uh, Williamsburg, um, right? Um, that doesn't seem That's like we, that was long ago. Yeah, we were hanging with David Flowers. That's right. And and that was a good evening because y'all ran the show. You, you did yeah. your little part and he did his part. And we had a nice little turnout. Um, yeah. which I'm glad it was a small, small group that we had, we had, and it was, um, 
it, it was just a cool evening. You know, it's it's always good to go there. And, and anybody that hasn't been to the Manor House in Williamsburg, um, this is at Powhatan Plantation. You're not going to yeah, be able to find, find it that, it's, that easily fine. on the Internet. Yeah, it is very easy. But I don't. I don't know if I don't know if um, David, are you on here? <laughs> he just got done writing a hi, John. How are you? He just got done writing an eighteen-page tour script for me to because I was going to help him with tours. Eighteen pages. Well, yeah, but it needed to be eighteen pages because I need to I need to know what I got to say. Yeah, you got to. I'm not David's people. You know, he's got he's got it down pegged. You know, I'm sitting over here reading the script, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this. I've been studying well, it, David Flowers. I'll probably see you tomorrow, but I've been studying it. Hi, Jack. Like how are anybody, you? Anybody that wants to go down there, um, just look up Powhatan Plantation. Um, you call the activities desk. Um, to make sure that they're doing the tours. Uh, it's usually every Saturday and Monday nights, I believe. Um, or right now, it's maybe every just every Saturday. And then once it warms up, it goes to two nights a week. But definitely just about every Saturday night. And uh want to say tickets are $15 for the tours. Yes. Yeah, David um, will put the information on the comments, won't you, David? <laughs> Yeah, he's going to kill. So us. they can do this all the time. That, it's not that far away for people. No, that, you know, like like me that live in Richmond, it's yeah. um, it's it's literally fifty six minutes. Uh, okay, it's days. Monday, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday. Um, Mondays is going to kill me. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, nine p.m. The number to call is 757-220-1200, and you ask for the activities desk, and then you get your ticket that way. Yes, and and um, you have to – I'm not sure if you can – you can't order the tickets online. They just take your reservation, and mm-hmm. then you got to go pay for it is the way I always had to do it. So – that you can ask that you have to they have a guard gate you just pull up to the guard gate and just say you're here for the paranormal tour and mm-hmm. um, they'll tell you where the activities building is or where that where that um, desk is and and then you pay and they put you on the list and and then they check that off when you show up yeah. um, the tour lasts probably a little over an hour but it just um also, he gives you the opportunity to, to investigate some of the things you right. may have learned during the tour, uh, especially kids really like that. I say kids, uh, young teenagers, things like that. First chance they've ever had to investigate on their own and use some equipment. And some of them right, are really cool. It's a tourist attraction. It seriously. Yeah, it's what if people don't understand that um, the Powhatan properties, it's um, – Powhatan Resort, it is a resort, and people come out there on vacation, okay, so they can stay in multiple little, they have multiple little units that you stay in. They have tennis courts. I believe they have a pool. So it is a resort. So 
what happens is people, a lot of times the tourists that are visiting the resort or staying at the resort will come and do his tour. Um, now, some people do stay for the ending part of, you know, the investigation part, but some people just want the history from what I've observed. I mean, you know, from what I've seen, they want, you know, the history and, um, you know, he introduces the equipment and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, fun, especially during the summer, uh, you know, when it's a very big vacation season um, and people yeah. don't have really a curfew and, that way, they right. the kids can can kind of you know tell their parents, "Hey, I'll see you tonight," and they you know they can investigate. It gives them something to do. They won't get in trouble or anything like that. And, right. Um, and, and then you have the whole grounds to investigate as well. So you know the, right. the outside, right behind the building, um, people don't realize how uh, active and paranormal that is out there, or how much stuff. Uh, you know, events happened out on those grounds. I'm talking about these tennis courts that are 100 yards from the the manor house, and they're right. all lit up and everything. But people people don't understand that there was a graveyard in that vicinity, and right. it's it's widely believed that the graves were uh, just covered over and not actually moved. The headstones may have been moved, or if there were any headstones, but they just believe they just paved right over it. Um, have you ever? Let me interrupt you for one second. Have you ever yeah. investigated the boxwood in? Jack White wants to know. He's asking that question. I have not been everywhere. Have you? I have not. Okay. Have, I've heard of it, um, but help help me to remember remember where that's located. I'm looking right now because I'm familiar. Yeah, I'm not. Let's see. Jack will put it in the comments, I'm sure. But let me. Boxwood Inn is located in where? Oh, well, shit. It's Newport News. Really? Who knew? It's a must-go. Elmhurst Street Uh, in Newport News. Do they do paranormal events? like on a regular basis or is it just a team oh, David, and does it advance? I've never seen it. It's um I've lived in Newport News my whole life. It's in it's off of Warwick Boulevard. Why haven't I seen that? David, have you been there? <laughs> now I feel really crunchy yes. because I've never seen that at all. If this internet don't stop going out I'm gonna have a fit. My internet keeps going in and out, in and out, in and out. I keep losing signal, and I've already put it on my hotspot, so my computer is running off of my hotspot, and it keeps the internet just keeps screwing up, and I don't know why. I'm about to get mad at Atlantic Broadband here. All that money you pay out for the internet. I had a chance a couple of weekends ago to go to Tuckahoe Plantation, and in uh, outside of Richmond, and the Far, far west end of Richmond, almost in Goochland, and um, and you talk about a, a, a historic place. I mean, that's where Thomas Jefferson lived from like the age of two to seven years old. He lived there for about five first 
few formative years of his life. They they have still on site a lot of the original buildings. The schoolhouse that he was taught is still the original schoolhouse. I mean, it looks the same. I mean, it is really they and and they they have a wonderful uh, place to investigate. The grounds are really cool. They have a neat cemetery. Um, and there's again, there's a lot of things that happened on that. You know, before before there was a plantation there, there was a, a, a big Indian wars and things like that happening. And um, the Civil War came through there, and the there were you know it was just uh, when you're prior you know talking about 1700s. That you're talking about a lot of what was happening during the colonial times, you know, with with that was that was not really near Richmond, you know, that was considered very very rural, and and one of the spots that you would have to stop on your way to Charlottesville, right? Um, because because Charlottesville would probably take you at least a couple of days to get to if you were going by horseback to Rich from Richmond. At least right. days. And you would have to stop. And Tuckahoe, well, it just simply hasn't changed. And so Yeah, we, I've been there. We had some great stuff happen, I'm telling you. And for the first time, because last year was the first time they investigated, and I did that, and then I came back this year. They allowed us to go upstairs in the main house. We got to do two rooms downstairs because the family, there's a family that still lives there. Um, and we, so we got to have two rooms to investigate, actually, actually three rooms downstairs and then two, two rooms upstairs, uh, which were in the oldest part of the house, uh, which was built in the 1700s. And the flooring, it's really cool, you know, and, it's, and people that love history really love that. And, and, um, and, of course, it sits on the James River. Uh, the outbuildings are really good. I was put on by Haunted Nights with um, with Twisted Paranormal, you know, with uh, Lyle and Tana and, and, and Brandon um, running things. But they guess who their guests investigator was for the night that was helping out. Who? Dennis Eslock. Oh, nice. So he was invited to come, and I'm glad he showed up because we had a great time. And and, um, and that was the first time Dennis had investigated out there. They allowed Dennis to speak beforehand and and share his some of his experiences. Um, and the you know the places that he's had a chance to go and investigate so it was really a lot of fun um again yeah it sounds like it's it, it would to, it's always good to 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 see people that you maybe go months or you know a year without seeing and um you finally get a chance to see them and and talk with them and you know the investigation is just the the cherry on the on the you know on the top there um it's always about the people and and being able to see and do things with with your friends. Um, 
as I always, I, I've met so many cool people, and it, it, I know that there's some people out there that I haven't met that I've heard great things about. Uh, we lost one of them uh, that I've put on the page, uh, Glenn Morgan. He was originally part of Fredericksburg Paranormal, John Sullivan. Just a really, really nice guy. I mean, anybody that like knew Glenn had nothing but good things to say about him. And and really, uh, the paranormal family uh, lost a good one, you know. And he battled uh, COVID, and 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 he had a rough go at it. And we thought he had gotten over it, and then you know it just kind of took a turn for the worse. And but um, a lot of outpouring from a lot of different teams. Um, which shows that, you know, generally, uh, genuinely nice guy, um, you know, and, and a pleasant person to be around. So, um, yeah, yeah, I saw that on your page. I didn't, I didn't know who he was. Yeah, it's just, you know, one of these guys that you'd see at all these places when I first started investigating, I'd see him all the time, you know. He would, um, you you know, sometimes people are, you just don't notice them because they're not vocal or they're not, they don't stand out. Um, But then you'd realize um, how much they've done, you know, and and where they've been and, 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 and all the places that they've investigated, or maybe they've been investigating for a long time. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, 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 Doc Likens the other day, and he came to the event of Cabot. And, um, you know, he was telling me he's been investigating for over 30 years. Oh, wow. So, um You know that's a and 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 I know people have had an interest in it ever since they were young, you know, and things like that. But um, really, right now we're probably doing more paranormal events and things like that. And, and Virginia has a lot of paranormal events. There's some there's something going on someplace in Virginia every weekend, and hence why I have to have a page to help promote that. And and unfortunately, some people and there might be even two or three events on the same evening, you know, on the same weekend. And it's tough to sometimes choose what you, where you want to go. Right. Um, I know that uh, Sullivan and I oh talked about doing um, Bell Grove. Uh, yes. It's warming up. And so, we had actually talked about maybe doing it this weekend. I'm not sure. Um, I, I believe I have something to do Friday night, but Saturday might be a possibility. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I got something I got going on Saturday, but I do want to get out there. Yeah, I got. I mean, I've got clients all day Saturday, but I would like to go out there. This is this internet keeps going on off and on, but you can hear me okay, right? Yeah, you haven't broke up with me. <laughs> yeah, I know it's for some reason the 
my internet keeps popping in and out, in and out, in and out, which it's never done that before. But I got a feeling with these 5G towers that they've put up all over the place that it's going to create a lot of problems. So with the, and I guess you're trying to uh, have in uh, Facebook live. Well, I've got StreamYard on. StreamYard keeps going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, and I don't. And it keeps saying that it's losing its internet connection with me, um, but it shouldn't be doing that. I mean, I've never had that issue, but I did um, get some message over my phone about 5G. So I'm wondering if, with them really rolling out the 5G, it, how much effect it's going to have on a lot of people? Because I know one of um, my friends got a message that their phone's going to be going out because it's not 5G compatible. So, so when, you know, you're, when you're on and your video is working, can or if the, if your video is not working, can people still hear you? Well, if there are, if we're like my sister's on, yeah, my sister's on Blog Talk, so she's a call in. So I'm, I don't know if StreamYard keeps losing the Internet because Blog Talk, I don't think, has lost any type of anything. I think it's, here it goes again, I think it's StreamYard. Um, let me get off. I'm going to end, I hate doing that, because if I end the broadcast with StreamYard, it might mess up what I'm doing. But, all right, let me do this because they suck right now. So let me... Gosh, I've lost so much time with in internet going in and out. It's pathetic. If this keeps up with StreamYard, I won't keep it. But let me go to Facebook. Let me just X out of StreamYard altogether. And let me get into Facebook real quick and see if I can do a live with that. Because I'm going to make it work one way or another. But if this has to do with StreamYard, I'm going to be mad. So... Yeah, it's saying this site. You, you, I don't you want, want you to do anything. anything. You want me? Yeah, to go ahead. People while they're waiting. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do the do the singing part, and let me see if I can get on a yeah. live video. That's right. On. Gosh, what a pain in the butt! All right, hold on. Now it's saying I'm live. I don't even know if I'm public or not, though. That's the problem. It's like my computer keeps losing Internet. But you can go ahead and keep talking because we got about 28 minutes left. And while you're doing that, I will work on the technical difficulties. All right. So I feel like I'm just talking to myself, though. So, but that's no, you're not talking to yourself. I can <laughs> at the same time. Hold on, I'm going to finish this. This is so stupid. <laughs> so I was, talking, I was talking with some people, and they had a good time at uh, uh, Berkeley Plantation. Um, that that event went went real well, and then they had an event at Chesterfield, the old Chesterfield Jail. Um, I heard that event went well. Um, they've got some events coming up in that Chesterfield courthouse area. Um, there's there's three places right there in that whole area. Um, 
actually there's four. There is the old jail, the Trinity Church, Castlewood, and then across the street is uh, Grange Hall. And it's all in the same like little little area. And those are and sometimes those events you can have events that that don't incorporate all of those. You might just get like the jail one night or, or Grange. The the Grange is really really you can just do that by itself. I mean it's an old old building. But what's cool about those grounds that whole courthouse grounds was uh they actually would have hangings uh, right beside the grange it was an open field they would have them on sundays and people would actually bring picnic lunches out there and it would be like a um a thing that you wanted to be a part of because usually it was something historic uh, they've had some really, really big, big trials that took place, and people, uh, you know, of course, you would have a trial, you know, somebody's found guilty, and they would hang them, you know, pretty soon thereafter. So it wasn't like a lot of uh, no appeal <laughs> that that was going to take place. So uh, that whole area. Um, saw a lot of uh, you know civil war stuff come through there and, and the hangings and things like that um which you which you typically would have in any kind of courthouse situation a cannibal courthouse the same way that that mm-hmm. old courthouse which is still in use or right next to it is the jail and you go inside the jail it's one of the worst evil places you can imagine and um you know they have this, like, you go in there and they have this steps now that go up to upstairs, but it was the, uh, where they would ha- hang the people, you know, they dropped the floor, you know, and that's where um, they would hang people inside. And then they had the hanging place outside as well. So I guess back in those days, they just, you know, they'd rather just hang you and get rid of you than uh, then they have to take care of you for a long time. So, um, all of those. Yeah. People, and we're we're fortunate we're fortunate here in Virginia to have a lot of uh, courthouses. Some of the oldest courthouses in America. You know, like there's one yeah. right there where you're where you're at the. Uh, um. Can't, I can't think of the name of the courthouse right now. Um, the Middlesex. Are you talking about Middlesex? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Middlesex courthouse. And then um, King William has a really old courthouse. And, and of course, I've mentioned Hanover and and uh, and some of those. We have a lot of old courthouses. Matthews does too. Yeah, and yeah. Oh my God, if this computer don't stop messing up, it keeps. It keeps going out. I don't know what's going on with my stuff, John Stevens, but oh my God, it is so sucking. (laughs) 
I'm still working on technical difficulties. I'm on Facebook Live, but for some reason my computer is messing up with the Internet, or it did with StreamYard. So I had to get off of StreamYard and end my whole broadcast, which makes me upset. And then poor John Stevens is trying to help me navigate through his stuff. Yeah, I know it's not going out now. You want to know why it's not going out? Save flowers because I'm on my cell phone doing a live, not on my computer, and I wanted to be able to do StreamYard through my computer instead of my cell phone, but I might have to start doing StreamYard through my cell phone and not on my computer. What a pain in the butt, as if I don't have enough going on. All right, John, sorry. I'm done venting now. We have 23 minutes left to chit-chat about normal. Um, Thanks for being patient with me. I just got to tell everybody out here, thanks for being patient with with my technical difficulties. I see my third eye sister is on here, so Royal, I'm unique. Who's that? Oh. Oh, gosh, she's like... um, Oh, yeah. We, you had her on the show one time. Yes. I don't know. She's a multiple multitude. She does Reiki, energy work. She has her own website. She does her own customized bath salts. She is a reader. She's a psychic. She does all kinds of stuff. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, you'll be... A, You'll be able to trust me on your tours with equipment. Yes, I don't know what is happening. You know what? Maybe, maybe it's this. John Stevens has been to all these places, so maybe it's doing to us what it does to, you know, to my show sometimes when paranormal tries to interfere with stuff. Or it could be Misty Meow Meow. I mean, she did go out with a bang because she peed on my leg. Well, I will say, um, let's talk a little bit about the cabin the other night and some of the things that happened. Because I don't want to forget, I don't want to forget some of the cool things that happened. Well, I know my sister was, uh, let's start off with that. Tina was called a bitch. But that is a natural thing. So they were able to pick up the fact that she really is. And so they just validated her whole personality. It was perfect. Yeah, well, you know, it, uh, so we had a good turnout. I mean, it was really, really a good turnout. And uh, I know y'all. Um, that there were so many people that had not investigated. I'm simply amazed at how many people that are first time investigators, you know, like this. I always tell people, I said, you know, you you don't make or break ghost hunting the first time you go. You need to give right. it a you need to give it a chance because it can be a lot of sitting around and not anything happening type of stuff. You know, yeah. But a lot of people will look at it like as a big waste of time. I'm going to sit in a a dungeon for four hours and and feel like I'm talking to myself, you know. Um, And so um, 
but we did once we once we started investigating. Um, you know, we went up to the Pink Pearl and we kept things really very clean because we had we had a a, a gentleman there that had two um, teenage daughters up there. Uh, so there he was. You know, we we just out of respect try to keep it clean. However, things John Sullivan still got things on his DR60, um, which was really cool, which made it enjoyable. And then, of course, we went down to the basement. We just we, we didn't even mess with the other parts of the house. We just went right to the basement. And it's funny because on our team we had seasoned investigators who a lot of us had had a lot of equipment you know i brought all my equipment john had all his equipment um several a couple of the other guys had all their equipment. we had more stuff laid out i mean it was funny because as soon as we come downstairs you know i'm laying down the trip wire and my and my um rim pod and all this other stuff the emf detectors and and then I look and, and um, Sullivan we do it if, bought the G. Wait. He bought the G. Sorry. And, no, that's all right. And, um, this is to my sister. <laughs> She'll see it later. Sorry, John. I'm getting some, you okay. know messages here one of my third eye sister said she would never do a paranormal investigation because she's not sure she would pick up she want, would want to pick up on all that crazy stuff but she would do them with me and then my sister just told me i was trifling yes well there's my trifling yes it's an evil eye too yeah tina had a good time i know she did but she is a clear cut that's why the spirits called her that what was interesting? So we tried we tried a uh, a couple of different things, but you know it's always good when you do a birth session where you ask questions and then you'll play you'll play it back after you know a few minutes, see what you got. And yeah, we got some really cool responses that we hadn't gotten before. Um, That's really we, cool. We, I, I heard my sister made sure to call me and call me in and tell me all about it. And um, Kimberly is saying that um, people she knows people like um, her, me, and of course Sor Royal that you can go into a place and almost read it instantly. But most people can't take, do certain things like that. It takes time to relax, and that is true. But I know that y'all got a lot of stuff at the cabin, and that was, I forgot the moon phase of that, you know, because I, do, I had my sister document the moon phase and the weather for the cabin since y'all had gotten so much um, activity out there. Yeah. The res- some of the responses we got were, like I said, very different than what we had gotten in the past. Um but but just as good. In fact, she probably told you about the response about um, it was like a whole sentence that it that it spurted out about um, I, I forgot exactly what the question was. 
uh, you know, something like, did you, were you the spirit that that caused this young girl to be murdered? And and it and it, the response was something to the effect of, I sent him on a war path. That was the that was the EVP. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis somebody, mentioned that. Somebody said it said warpath, and so when we played it back, we had to play it back two or three times. Then we realized it, it said I I sent him on a warpath. Yes, which is really interesting. It kind of validates that whatever's there was create uh havoc creates um the opportunity uh for someone to uh maybe act um, mm-hmm. out aggressively towards someone else you know we've had other people that actually had to leave that that uh that building because they felt like and John Harris was one he told me the story where he was sitting there, and he just felt an overwhelming uh, feeling of wanting to to hurt his family. Yeah, um, and see, that's the other thing. It, since there, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on, and I'm just wondering, like, with me getting over my swollen ear because I, my ear swelled up on that side, but it also went down my neck into my shoulder blades. And sometimes I just wonder if other things happen to prevent you from doing something, you know, since there was a lot of activity there. And I am super sensitive, and I am sure, and Kim, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I don't think I am. I think that spirit, if somebody is injured in some way, spirit can pick that up, and they will use it. Um, they will almost use it against you. And um, I think the spirits there are very strong, and I think that they would have picked up that. You know, hey, she's got an issue going on in this ear. I, I just, I just think they can pick that up. That's just me, but she'll tell me. So, yeah, and yeah. you know, like. She- uh, the you know she's looking at the hypothesis of this. The cabin hasn't been busy for over the winter. Then all of a sudden you're you know you're injecting so much energy, both personal and equipment lights on, you know. So yeah, I think that that has plays a big part in it. Ashley, I have your dousing rod. But go ahead. John Sullivan had John Sullivan had the music box. And he put it over in the back corner on the other side of the steps, you know, the, the place where we're not at. Mm-hmm. And that thing kept going off back there. It's just sort of like a rim pod. Instead of beeping, it just plays music. So anything right. that touches it or gets near it, is, it goes off. It steps in front of it, it goes off. So right. that thing kept going. That thing kept going off while we were while we were down there. Of course. Um. We, and we were down there for, I know it was over an hour. It had to have been almost an hour and a half. I mean, we we were just basically just, once we got there, we stayed down there. I mean, it was a, a, a really good opportunity to spend as long as we wanted to down there. And then Dennis and Ryan came down uh, to let us I mean, know that, you know, 
we could stay as long as we wanted. You know, they were, uh, but you know, we had been down there for for such a long time at that point that you know people had to leave. It was already after one o'clock. Um, but the uh, you know, it's always good to have Dennis down there too because he he tells about all the stories and, and things that have happened to him while he's been down there. <clears throat> um, I think a lot of it validates. Um, I always tell people to, you know, that have never been there, uh, try not to listen to too much before you go. Just, just kind of like you experience it, you know, because if you go in thinking that a lot of stuff is going to happen, mm-hmm. your expectations get really high and. And uh, you may actually be talked into something, you know, like, ooh, yeah, it really is creepy. Well, I don't want to talk you into thinking that place is creepy. I want you to be able to experience it. Right. That's why I don't do a Um, history on a lot of places that I go to. I know David Flowers' Welcome to the World of Paranormal book discusses that you should know the history of a place before you go in it. But a person like me... I want to go in there with no history whatsoever. I don't want to know what it is because I want to get my own feel for what I'm doing. And I don't like to read up on the history of anything um, simply because, you know, I want to go in there and see if I get flashed back into a different time period, um, you know, because that happens to me sometimes. So that's why I don't, I don't, look at the history of stuff. I've glanced at Bell Grove, but I literally have not, um, you know, even when John came on there, you know, he came on the radio show part of it, but I kind of was not paying too much attention to the history part of that simply because I want to to go in there with a non-contaminated mind. But, and you haven't been to Belgrove, have you? Is that right? I haven't been to Belgrove. There's a lot of places I have not been to. I was actually calling Dennis an asshole, not Ryan. He don't fit the description properly. <laughs> well, it's a... Um, uh, I'm not telling la, you anything la, la. That, you, that this is not giving away anything. This is... This is I was going to be like, la, la, la. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a house that was built in the 1700s. So you can imagine stuff that goes on or that have happened on a piece of property that's been around since the 1700s, being on the Rappahannock River, being close to Fredericksburg, being close to Richmond, being along that route, 301, having a port across the, you know, a port city across the river, um, and it was a, it was a, you know, it's, it, that house was basically everybody knew it was there and have always known it's been there. And so I'm sure they saw their share of, uh, you know, people that needed a place to stay for the evening as well as people that, um, historical figures that lived there. The house is absolutely beautiful. And the, oh, I'm sure it is. But you can stop talking it, about it now. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think. It, uh, don't contain me. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, I don't. Firing John Stevens. That, that's been. I don't think it's been changed. I mean, I, you know, some places you go into, it's like, yeah, the building was old, but they did all these renovations and all this stuff. Um, I don't think any of that's been done. I mean, I think it's what you see is what you get. I mean, it's like probably pretty much the way it's always looked. But it's got it's just the design of the house. Plus, you got the outbuildings, things like that that you get to go into. Um, and it's still a very rural place. And if you ever have a chance to go across the river, go across that bridge right there, the 301 bridge, and, and Port Royal is on your left-hand side as you head towards Richmond. It is one of the coolest little towns to go into. I highly suggest going there during the day and just just looking at all the little places. kind of reminds me a little bit of Yorktown, a little bit of Williamsburg type of feel. And yeah, I haven't been there. I haven't been there. It's a cool place, and and that was a place of again because it was along the river in a in a strategic port. In the yeah, and David Flowers and I can't go on a Saturday. We have to go on yeah. a different day. Yeah. We'll have to do a Friday night. Yeah, we'll have to do a Friday night. We'll have to go on a whole different day. <laughs> Kimberly's looking at me like I'm... <laughs> oh, my God, she's so cute. Yeah, that's right, because tours. David Flowers, are you still on here? Or did you ditch me? Yeah, uh, I think we had discussed that Um that we would have to do a, you know, a, a, a Saturday. Kimberly's I mean, chopped liver, but she's really not. Okay, let me explain. You, little Kimberly Moxley, were taking classes at the time that all of this came about. <laughs> so, no, you're not chopped liver. You're not. But at the time, see, Kimberly had not been on my show for a while, and it's not because she didn't want to support it or anything. It was because she was taking classes. She was going to school for something, and so she doesn't realize that she was on, on, you know, on. she didn't realize that this was something that we had talked about when we had John Sullivan on the show in regards to going to Belgrove. But you was, you was busy in school. <laughs> She was yeah, in school, and, uh, and we got four minutes or get cut off. But yeah, yeah, a lot of these places are great places to visit during the day, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily at night. Um, uh, you know, being able to investigate these places at night is really, really awesome. Um, but if you really want to see the beauty of them. You go there during the day and, and take the tours and walk around and visit. Um, and, and, and tech, you know, carry my, I carry all my stuff with me everywhere I go. So I'm not afraid to pull out uh, recorders and do EVP sessions in the middle of the battlefield during the middle of the day. 
Yeah, I know you won't take to whip your equipment out on anything. You know, I, I really need to carry a camera bag of equipment. I carry my Reiki bag, you know, in case something happens with all my stuff in it. But I just, I don't carry my equipment everywhere, which I really should just put some equipment in a bag and pull it out. Yeah, I mean, every everybody needs to carry. I have a, I call it like, you know, that uh, the emergency car kit. Well, it's the emergency paranormal kit. So you can yeah, keep, keep it always handy in your vehicle. I'm not going to tell you what Kimberly said about you. You can read it in the comments. I don't know. I haven't been able to read. I haven't been able to pull up anything on the comments. I don't know. Um, on my end, it's frozen. But Facebook, Good. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook. I said I'm glad it. <laughs> Facebook actually banned me for like three months from doing anything live, and I oh have no. It was from it was from a post. Get this, from back last year, sometime like in the summer, and. They just suddenly just said, do your this post that you did. We found it broke our Facebook rules and blah, blah, blah. And now you can't. I had to, it was like 48 hours of jail and then three months of can't do Facebook Live. And I'm like, why did, what was the, what was the big deal? And I heard that they were going back like that. I heard that they were going back on their Facebook and they were looking at people's posts and violating people on community standards and banning them. Yeah, they are doing that. Yeah. Yeah, you should come talk. You really should. I used to do that. Um, one of my friends is saying that she should just walk some of the places in that day and time, see what you pick up and compare it to the paranormal equipment. That's why I started using equipment so that I could validate my abilities against the equipment, and that's and that's why I started using equipment to begin with. I wasn't using equipment before, but I wanted the validation for myself. So, yeah. But we got about one minute left on the show because we've had so much te- technical difficulty that we haven't even had a chance to even cover anything, and we won't because Ryan's got his guests on. I mean, I can stay on Facebook Live, but I can't. I can't stay on his. Um, I can't stay on his broadcast unless you want to call me on the eight zero four seven five eight one seven four two number and call back in, and then I can get off of his air. What are you going to do? Well, I'll just uh, try to watch his show. Um, okay. If I can, I'll listen to it on there. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see you in a, in a month or whatever we're going to do the next event together. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll we'll be together soon. And thanks thanks everybody for coming in tonight. Yes, thanks for coming on. I'll talk to you later. I appreciate it. All right. Bye.
loving criminals. Criminals. The fun loving criminals. I guess I hope you had a wonderful Tuesday because it's almost over. Um, hope you guys had a good weekend. Had a good weekend? Yeah. Um, let's chat about this weekend. So started off Friday night. I went to Camp Hanover with Angie. She was uh, the camp nurse out at Camp Hanover here in Hanover, Hanover, Virginia. Yeah, that's yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Uh, they had uh, a sprinter camp, spring and winter camp, all right? It was supposed to, winter camp was supposed to be in December, but they had the Omicron outbreak, so they moved it to March. Because, you know, March would be nice and warm, you know? It's not going to be any bad weather in March. You would have, you know, just think, you know, I don't think about snow in March. Guess what? It snowed. It snowed hard. And guess what I did? My genius, geniusness, I scheduled a paranormal investigation at the cabin on March 12th, which was Saturday, thinking, <laughs> how much? It's not going to be snowing. It might rain a little bit, but you know what? It's, it's, I can't help it if it rains. You know, that's, that's, that's going to happen regardless. Like, we make these events months, months in advance, and we start praying for no rain about a week in advance, you know? Maybe I should do it earlier, but I did not think it was going to snow. Uh, but yeah, it was um, pretty damn cold on Saturday. Uh, we had a good turnout at the cabin, um, but uh, not many people wanted to go investigate the woods that night for some reason. I don't know why. You know? I never could have thought of that. I know, right? No, no. But actually, the good part was. The people who who did go out into the woods actually got some activity. So it wasn't like they were freezing their their butts off and, it weren't, and they weren't getting anything. We had a lot of cool stuff happen out there. A lot of and we made some really cool friends. Some really awesome people came out to the investigation. So it was fun. But now I was talking about Camp Hanover. So Angie was camp, at Camp Hanover with with Kimmy and RJ all weekend, and I had the um, the investigation at the cabin. On Saturday for the Alzheimer's Association, which we happened to raise 
$548 for the Alzheimer's Association. So very excited about that. Very happy that we were able to raise so much money. And, you know, people still couldn't – there are people who, who sent money but couldn't make it. So I definitely appreciate them, and I also appreciate the people who, who were able to come out. Um, like I said, the weather was definitely not ideal for um, investigating or even traveling. So for those who were able to make it out there, I'm definitely thankful for them. To, for them, and for those who couldn't, couldn't you know, I completely, completely understand. Um, it was cold. It was raining and ice, snow and ice and stuff. But all in all, yeah, it, it, it was a good. It was a good time. It, all in all, it was a good time. Um, and I think the snow just made it more of a, more of an adventure. Um, so yeah, uh, that's what happened this weekend. We got some sad news. I must admit, I'm drinking out of my uh, '90s Nickelodeon cartoon mug. Actually, it's Andrew's '90s Nickelodeon. There's Arthur, no, Arthur, Arnold. There's Ren and Stimpy, and there's uh, Ralph. What's that kid's name? One of the Rugrats and Rocco. We lost two '90s legends. This weekend. No, no, one of them was not this weekend. One of them was like last month. Um, if you guys grew up in the 90s, you guys uh, probably watched the Lucha shorts on Nickelodeon. I'm not going to say you definitely watched it because I don't know what your TV life was like. But growing up, we uh, I watched Lucha shorts. And one of the main characters was a guy named... Kevin Ugly, and he was the camp counselor of Salute Your Shorts, and he unfortunately passed away, I think it was in February, um, of lung cancer, um, so that's, you know, very sad. He was uh, definitely a big part of, of my childhood growing up watching that show, and there goes Kimmy behind me, um, so... Rest in peace to Kevin Ugly, Camp Anawana. I hold you in my heart. And when I think about you, it makes me want to fart. It really does. Of course, you know, you had um, your shorts, and then it was that show called Hey Dude. After that, you know, Hey Dude. I uh, don't know if anybody died from that show yet. Uh, but, yeah, Salute Your Shorts and Hey Dude was like, what I would watch, I think it was after school, that, that, that show would come on. You know, Clarissa, Clarissa, Clarissa explains it all, all those fun Nickelodeon shows. So rest in peace to, uh, I don't even know the guy's name. This, I probably should look it up, but rest in peace to, to Ugly. Uh, we'll miss you, um, but I will watch your show and remember you. I think it was yesterday, Razor Ramon died, the bad guy, Chico, Razor Ramon died, he fell, I think it was Friday or Saturday, he fell, broke his hip, while he was in surgery, there was a blood clot, and he had three heart attacks, and it was like, man, you, you, you fall down, and you end up with, you fall down, and then you're, you have three heart attacks. How do you 
have to read. He, he, was, he was a hard living. He, he was a hard living guy. He had his he had his demons. Like he had a lot of drug problems, but he had cleaned himself up. But man, that shit. See what that shit can take a toll on you, even when you, you know, if you do hard drugs and you, even if you sober up and you and you're good clean for a while. Look at Eddie, like Eddie Guerrero, he died. He had heart problems. It's just you know you, that hard living life, man. It could it will take a toll on you, and it will be. And you, you may die when you before you're supposed to. So before you. If you ever want to start doing drugs, you know, for all the people who are watching me right now, don't do drugs because it can fuck you up. Even when you're this even when you're sober, yeah, that's right. Usage. We don't use, well, we don't condone drug use because I'm the freaking awesome paranormal show, unless it's fun. But it's okay. Just don't overdo it. Moderation is the key. Mm. And my drinking my coffee, that's that's turned cold. So. Yeah, I thought I thought Razor Razor Ramon would have died a long time ago. I'm glad he got cleaned up, and he got. I'm glad he got into the Hall of Fame. I'm glad he he was able to straighten his life out. It's, I'm sorry that it was cut so short. She was only 63 years old. That's not that. It's not even that old, you know. So again, rest in peace to all to all to both of them. Um. Yeah. So tonight we've got. Phantom Detectives on the show tonight. Okay, that's a cool name. The Phantom Detectives have a really cool logo too. It's like a little magnifying glass with a ghost on it. Mm-hmm. Really sweet. It's not as cool as my unicorn logo, but you know. Not as cool as my. Just Not as cool as my Sour Patch Kid drink. Oh yeah, like I got, I found a um a Sour Patch Energy drink called Ghost on it. Uh. Actually, go get it. Yeah, we'll say I need to get it. Yeah, let me show you guys. Sorry, people watching. You two people who are watching my show right now. I got you. I see you, Melissa. I'm going to put you on a sec. Look at this. Look at this right here. Yes, for me with my name and everything. Yes, they apparently they made this for Kimmy and they sent it to Kroger and and uh, Mm -hmm. they just they just knew I was going to pick it up. Like, damn. I actually also got another one, the red one, but it's at the cap as a decoration. Lie. I don't want to try it, but like. We'll go get another one. They're right there at Kroger. You can go get another one of those. All right, so we got Phantom, Phantom Detectives on the show tonight. And uh, I'm super excited about chatting with them. So I'm going to go ahead and put them on. I'm already super hyped up because of the coffee, all the coffee I'm drinking. So. <laughs> Let's get this party started. I don't know what? Hello. Hi. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. This is Melissa, right? This is Melissa. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know uh, Joshua and Rick should uh, be on with us as well. <laughs> oh, they're here, but they didn't press one, so. I don't know which number is theirs. They're like, oh, okay. There's one. Here's one. Okay. Let's put him on. Boom. Hello. Who's this? Hello. This is Joshua. Joshua, what's up, brother? How are you? Good. How are you today? Man, I'm doing awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 
We are very excited to be here with you tonight, uh, ready to talk paranormal investigating with you. Man, I am excited to hear of all your awesome stories. And see, how many times I use, I use the word awesome? Turn it into a drinking game. Yes, might be it. Is he a 302 number? Rick? Rick? Oh, yeah. Rick? All right, oh, I'm going to go ahead and put Rick on. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put him on, too. Hello. Hello. What is up, man? Yeah, How is anybody you? there? I'm here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> can what you hear me? On? I can hear <laughs> you. Loud and clear. Clear and loud. Ready to party. Yeah, it's weird started, because we, uh, the show's supposed to start at 9 o'clock, and we actually showed up at 8.30 because we like to show up early, and then we called, and every time I called, I kept hearing another show in the background. Yeah, well, what happens is we have a, we have a two-hour block of time each night, so I split, the, I split the two hours between two shows. Jerry's show was the one you were hearing before, is from eight to nine, and then she gets off. I play my music, and then my show starts from nine to ten. Trying to get as many people on the network as possible. Oh, okay, yeah, we were never made aware of that. Oh <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, I figured since the show started at nine, you guys were calling at nine o'clock. You know, it's all good. We're ready. Yep, we're here. To uh, chat. Wait, yes, sir. So, um. Uh, let's get started, man. Um, so I figure since there's three of you, uh, uh-huh. we'll we'll set up like some kind of order so you guys answer the question. So we'll sure. go for with ladies first. We'll Melissa, Josh, and then Rich. Oh, Rick or Rich? Rick. Rick. Okay. All right. So when I ask questions, just do that order. That way, not we're not talking over each other. You know. Sounds good. That's how Which we do it anyway. We all rotate. We all rotate Perfect. questions. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's get um, let's start at the very beginning. How did you guys get into the paranormal? What was your, you know, your first intro into the paranormal? And are we starting starting with me? Yes. Okay. Well, um, so I've had experiences with spirits. <clears throat> excuse me. Ever since I was a very young child, uh, I had um, one spirit following me around probably from the time I was like three years old until uh, my teenage years. And it took me a lot to uh, process what was going on at such a young age. I was that teenager that slept with the lights on and I never quite understood what was, uh, what was happening to me uh, having these experiences growing up. So I did what I could to tune it out as best as I could Um you know, it was, uh, it, it was, I didn't know what was going on. It was uh, a take in and I did what I could to ignore it until I got to my uh, adult years. And I'd say roughly five years ago, I started having the experiences again. I remember waking up out of my sleep to a spirit of a woman staring me in the face and it frightened the life out of me, which goes without saying. And uh, I started realizing at that time that I may have mediumistic abilities. And ever since I had that experience five years ago of that woman staring me in the face, it was like the spirit world figured that 
I can see them. So I started having experiences virtually every night of, you know, just having these, um, these, these visitors. And I started getting used to it. After a while, it stopped frightening me. And I thought, okay, what can I do with, with these experiences? Uh, what can I, I do with this? I started to actually embrace this ability instead of fearing it. And from that point on, I started studying mediumship. And one of my teachers is actually Cindy Kaza from the show, The Holter Files. I started studying under her, taking a lot of classes. And um, so I started embracing these abilities and started working as a medium. Uh, I also have always loved all things having to do with paranormal investigations you know, watching all the shows throughout the years, Ghost Hunters and all the various shows on, on TV. And roughly about, I'd say, eight months ago, uh, Joshua contacted me. He is friends with Cindy Kaza and found out that I'm a student of hers and invited me to join Phantom Detectives. So I work as the team psychic medium during, these invest- during our investigations and it's been it's been fun. It's been quite an experience. It's been a, quite the journey. And I always look forward to the next investigation and um, what that experience will bring. Me, um, my question is, how did you? How about I got started in supernatural? And that came back down to my originally watching a show called Unsolved Mysteries in 1987 with Robert Stack when I was a three-year-old child. Well, and and that was a real, really famous show. I was really interested in the UFO phenomena that they had, uh, reports of ghostly activity at different locations. So in 2002, I had my first uh, paranormal investigation with a team, local team based out of Philadelphia at that time. And I had the rare opportunity to investigate the General Wayne Inn in Marion Station, Pennsylvania, with the late parapsychologist Micheline Mayer. Um, Ms. Mayer was one of my mentors in the field, and she did a quantitative analysis of the inn, and basically I got my first investigation going down in the basement area one time. And when I was there, I took a digital camera and took three straight photos, and one of them had a really weird green and yellow streaks of light uh, on the photo. And according to the reports that date back to the 1850s of the inn, uh, there's a Hessian soldier by the name of Wilhelm that passed away during the uh, – American Revolution in 1776 when George Washington was crossing the Delaware. So the um, yellow and green light streaks um, are often associated with that Hessian soldier. So um, we fast forward now um, until 2014. Um, So I kind of just did one investigation. And then basically I founded something called the Southern Restoration Society along with Wisconsin paranormal investigator Craig Nearing. Uh, Craig runs a local paranormal investigation team called Fox Valley Ghost Hunters up in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, and they've been well-established uh, since 2009. Um, Craig had access to the Summerwind Mansion, uh, the property, and I uh, bought the original blueprints from the seller, from the, um, from the brother of the original, uh, one of the owners in the 60s by the name of Ginger Hinshaw, and um, basically my access to the blueprints and Craig's uh, access to the property who created the Summerwind Restoration Society to rebuild one of the most haunted locations in Wisconsin. And then um, in 2015, I basically was um, – I went to call into a radio show based out of California, 
and there I friended a guy named uh, John Ilias. He used to be the producer of the legendary late-night uh, king of talk radio, Art Bell. And I started booking guests for some of Art Bell's staff members and doing audio and video editing as well. So I had the rare opportunity to work on his staff members' radio shows. And that kind of got, really got my start even interested further, networking with a lot of the guests and booking a lot of the big people that we did. Um, you know, Art's uh, run started in, on July 20th, 2015, and ended uh, December 13th or September 15th of 2015 for its five-month run. And basically then he uh, unfortunately retired and gave the show to Heather Wade, um, basically who, who hosted the show for three years. Um, and then in 2018, I went ahead and start, joined a, a team that my, my former leader and my former lead investigator did. Unfortunately, that society wasn't progressing the way that I thought that it was going to. But then in August of 2020, I decided to start a new paranormal investigation team called Phantom Detectives that, were, that helped people that were going through paranormal experiences. And I used a lot of the Paranormal Research Society blueprint from 2002 to help build this um, society from the ground up and our first free public investigation was with my former lead investigator at a place called the selma mansion uh with brian j cano brian j cano is an expert on haunted collector and he uh basically uh, gave us he taught us how to conduct evps how to do uh basically how to run the ghost box how to properly uh, hold the emf meters and also um we started our first official invest team investigation on december 9th 2020 at a place called the Sanderson Museum. And there, um, my former lead investigator and I uh, actually captured some orbs on top of our EMF mirrors and on top of our security camera, all going off at once. And we captured a lot of voices in different parts of the museum. And that's how we got our start uh, building the uh, society. Wow. That's pretty, that's uh, quite a history you got, you got there. That's, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, then basically we went into um, basically another place called the Anselma, uh, uh, middle of Anselma on January 9th. And there, if you go to our YouTube channel, you can type in Phantom Detectives LLC. You can see a door flying open by itself. Uh, we also captured uh, basically a thermal images of um, a full body apparition. We captured an EVP that said go on the top floor of the mill. So the mill is very active location. It's one of the oldest continued operating mills in the entire United States. So I'd like to go ahead and pass it over to my lead investigator and director of client relations uh, and tech manager, Rick Warner. I'm not sure if he's still on the line. I don't know. I don't know if we lost Rick. Rick, are you there? Yeah. Uh, no, he's not no longer with us. Okay. Well, I, I can fill in on his background. He is, um, yeah. he runs, with us. he, he is the executive director of investigations for the Extraterrestrial Research Center. Um, he's a longtime certified uh, UFO field investigator through MUFON, um, and he's also the U.S. ambassador to the Italian UFO Federation, FUI. Um, and basically, he has um, appeared on several radio shows and podcasts, and he's been on a, a UFO document series called Unstoppable and had a long, lifelong interest in UFOs. Um, He's currently employed doing uh, construction, and also he studies forensic science, IT technology, and earns several certificates. So he's uh, very much like help us. He helps involve setting up our cameras. He's also involved with helping us set up our equipment. 
He's also involved in helping us interview the clients at the, some of these locations that we go to. Um, so he's very much uh, hands-on with a lot of the uh, clients. So basically he does the interviews and then books the investigations on the dates that we uh, go to the location. So he's very diverse in what he does. So you guys, you guys do both public and private investigations. Which, um, which kind do you prefer? Well, right now we're currently in the process of doing private investigations. Um, right now um, we have done a total of, with the society as it sits right now, eight investigations. Uh, we've done three residential locations and five, like, local places. Of, you know, the first place, of course, we went to was the Sanderson Museum. And what's really fascinating about this place, we went there uh, twice. We went there in September of 2021 and in December of 2020. And there, um, basically, was really fascinating. This place actually dates back until, like, the 1940s. And, basically, it was uh, the way how, in terms of the museum, the museum was very, uh, very, it had a long history. A guy named Christian Sanderson was a longtime collector of many things inside the museum. He's got letters from Helen Keller, Shirley Temple, Sitting Bull. And he also, we got lots of, lots of dignitaries that were over. So this, um, basically, a museum... Uh, is actually very active on two levels. A woman, uh, Christian Sanderson, was a violin player and a musician and a pianist in many parts of Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. So basically this uh, museum is very active on both the first and second floors. And there, um, on the first investigation, we actually not only uh, captured the EVP, but during the second investigation, Melissa was there with us uh, during the investigation and Rick and basically, we were. Uh, this, was, this was during the National Ghost Hunting Day uh, investigation. So we actually captured. Uh, what was fascinating was we were actually upstairs, and all of a sudden, when Melissa and Rick went to go downstairs, there was actually the, the, there was a bunch of bags that were our equipment bags were piled up, blocking the stairs. And basically, then uh, Rick and uh, Melissa was asking uh, me and Sasha, "Hey, were, did you guys put those bags in front of the, um, you know?" the stairway and I said no there's no possible way that we could have uh you know put those there because we were upstairs in the violin room which is known to be the most active room of the Sanderson Museum and the Sanderson Museum um basically in the violin room it's very active there and Melissa was also tapping into the energy of Christian Sanderson's uh mother right Melissa yes yeah uh wasn't her name Hannah yes I believe yep. her name was her name was Hannah, and I know on the first floor of the museum, I sensed that a woman had passed away in in that room, and uh, I just really started seeing her, you know, clairvoyantly. And then we went to we went up the stairs. I think it was the second floor. I mean, I, I believe there's only two floors in that mansion, if I if I can recall. And I we saw her portrait, and I said, "That's the woman that I was tuning into that passed away on the first floor." And you confirmed that it was Mr. Sanderson's mother, Hannah. And I know um, uh, when our equipment was going off, <clears throat> I, I believe it was in that room where her portrait was. And I, we might have had a recorder set up because I remember uh, we captured her voice basically saying to turn that off when our REM pod, I believe our REM pod was going off. So it was interesting how everything came together between what I was tuning into, like I said, our equipment going off in that room where her portrait was, and then us capturing the voice that we believe was hers. So that, that was interesting for sure. 
Mm-hmm. And not to mention, also on our website, phantomdetectives.org, you can also see, like, when we asked um, basically the question, did you put our equipment bags in front of the stairs to block us from leaving? And what the response was clearly from, I think it was Hannah Sanderson saying, be afraid. So most likely, mm-hmm. um, when she died there of tuberculosis there in, in 1943-44, um, that to me showed that basically she was there to let us know that, hey, you know, there's something inside the museum that doesn't want you to leave. And when you clearly have an EVP that says, be afraid, that to me is a clear indication that basically whatever was there didn't want us, uh, want, want us there. But they, but they uh, you know, basically we uh, dealt with it and we conducted the hour-long investigation. And we also got um, basically responses on the REM pod um, basically about Mr. Sanderson. And we also asked some questions, you know, we started, when we started, you know, playing the square dance dancing music, which is um, a quite common music that he loved in the Chad Ford area with his friend Andrew Wyeth. The uh, all of a sudden, the um, basically the uh, the REM pod and the, and the REM pod was going off. The um, you know there was words on the obulus that, that said the word violin, um, you know basically, and also a cello. So he got a violin and cello in both those uh, you know in the violin case room. So when you have the obulus matching the um, actual uh, REM, you know, the REM pod going off. Then when you have the dowsing rods crossing, you know, the words for yes, we always add layers upon layers for that. And then when we hooked, when we basically went ahead and we uh, basically took our, our former lead investigator and we put a blindfold on her, we started asking her questions and using the Estes method. And the Estes method is quite common on the show, um, basically with A.D. Broody and Adam Berry called Kindred Spirits, where A.D. will be blindfolded and basically with a ghost box and we'll scan uh, radio stations using a headset and then Adam will ask questions into the ghost box and clearly we got um, responses like Wyeth, um, Ethan Allen on the ghost box and Sasha was able to repeat that and then we also asked her basically a question uh, you know what year was the square dancing music and none of us told her exactly what it was and she was able to accurately predict 1957 so that can be, um, you know, very interesting using the Estes method. Um, we have since improved the Chairs Warner Estes method on other investigations, but during the National Ghost Hunting Day, that was really fascinating. And then several minutes later, we went into the Andrew Wyeth painting room, and there basically we went ahead and actually captured, um, you know, the paralyte was going off. Um, Rick's, um, you know, uh, scare bear was going off. So overall, there was just a lot of uh, – you know, activity in that investigation on both uh, December 9th and uh, September of 2021. What do you think, Melissa? There definitely was. And as you mentioned, the fact that our belongings were blocking the steps when we were upstairs, all four of us investigators were upstairs on the second floor, and there was no logical explanation as to why all of our belongings, we're talking hoodies, we're talking boxes, um, I mean, just everything, they they were uh, placed on the steps, like something was trying to barricade us up there. So um, that is so mind-boggling, and I always look for that logical explanation. Could somebody have gone into the museum while we were there? And clearly nobody had come in because that place was locked up tight. So that in itself was pretty fascinating that night. Um, I mean, that still boggles my mind, uh, how something could have moved our belongings onto those stairs. And, um, yeah, that, that still puzzles me to this day. That's probably the one thing that happened that um, <laughs> really uh, left an impression on me 
So, but we definitely did. We caught a lot that night. And um, like you said, hearing the voice telling us to be afraid after you asked during our EVP session, are you trying to keep us upstairs? I forget exactly how you phrased the question, but you were asking, um, was it you that, that barricaded us, that wanted yeah. us to stay upstairs? Mm-hmm. And that voice said to be afraid. So we did. We captured a lot. We really did capture a lot that night. It definitely was one of my favorite investigations that we've done so far. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great investigation. i got to go up there and check it out sometime. Sounds like a great oh, location. Philadelphia is known to be so haunted. I mean, we got like, this is like the Mecca for supernatural. You've got Independence Hall, which is known to report to the founding fathers. You've got the General Wayne Inn, which is now a Jewish synagogue that was bought by Shavada, the main line. You've got Gettysburg. You've got, um, you know, Pennhurst. You've got Fort Mifflin. I mean, if you want to be a paranormal investigator, like this is like to me, like one of the best states to be, to be in basically for a goose hunting. Yes, and the Betsy Ross house, because I know, now I wasn't with Phantom Detectives at the time, but it sounds like you you got a lot of compelling evidence that night um, when, oh, yeah. when you guys, so, yeah. That was our third investigation after the mill of Anselma, and the Betsy Ross house is very historic. The nation's first flag there was sown there in 1776. Uh, Betsy Ross and uh, George Washington even visited there, and Miss Ross, um, her husband, John Ross, uh, first, I think, died in like, 1773, so she lived there up until 1800. Then it was a tavern, a speakeasy, and so forth. So overall, um, the Betsy Ross house uh, was very um, active. So we were there with Rick, Melissa, and Sasha. Um, we were – sorry, Melissa wasn't there at that time, but Rick and Sasha and myself were. And so we booked that investigation um, on around in April, early April of 2021. And the day that we went there, we only had two hours. So it was kind of a very much a speed investigation. It was very rushed. But what was interesting was we were at different parts of the – I was in the upstairs guest room, and Sasha and uh, Rick were uh, during the basement area. And the basement area, um, basically, it's very active. So Sasha's paralyte was going off. Rick's scare bear was completely going off. And then his geophone that he had, uh, which is another paranormal investigation – Thing. And then what was interesting during that point is when Rick and Sasha were together, uh, basically uh, scanning the ghost box, um, and they were using their voice recorders, they actually captured some terrifying growls, um, and they are, are now on phantomdetectives.org um, under EVPs. You can clearly see, like, the growls, and those are, uh, you know, I was like, holy heck, I didn't realize that we captured those. And then um, when I was upstairs previously that night, I went ahead and actually, you know, took my rear thermal camera, just started point and zapping um, different pictures inside some of the uh, rooms in the Betsy Ross house. And in Betsy's room, we actually could have captured a possible full-body apparition. And I sent this to all my colleagues uh, from Katrina Wyman, you know, uh, Dave Giuliano from the Ghost Hunter Store, Heather Taddy from Paranormal State, uh, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer who's on my team. Um, everyone said if it has a cold signature on it, um, that you have a strong, compelling evidence that it is a full-body apparition. So we captured that um, in the, uh, the, the, the Betsy Ross's uh, room, and then also I captured the EVP that said I've been there, been here too. So basically, the Betsy Ross house is a few places that few uh, paranormal investigators have ever been. Um, you know, but if you get a chance to check it out, it's definitely one of the most active places in all of Philadelphia. Wow. 
man, you got a lot of cool places up there. I need oh, to definitely. Oh. I've, been, then, I've been to I'll, Getty's. It's investigating get, there. It's went up there for, for a little bit, but wow. That's pretty awesome. Have you ever been uh, scared during investigations? Has anything happened or just something really, besides the, the suitcase, the, the bag thing, which is really freaky, besides that, has there anything been like kind of freaked you out a little bit while you're investigating? Oh, absolutely. I mean, gosh, I've been I've been to Penhurst and been pushed, basically. Um, you know, I've seen horror, you know, it's, on the previous team when I was with my old lead investigator, we were downstairs in, I think it was the Rockwell building, or sorry, the Philadelphia building, and Grant Wilson was actually there that night from Ghost Hunters. We were lucky enough, and Grant actually gave us some tutorials on how to hold the SLS camera. Um, just a fantastic teacher. He's a longtime friend of mine. And uh, when we were actually in, you know, this was on the old team, but I just took a picture of the thermal camera. I felt literally felt I was being pushed at the same time I captured out a, a pair of uh, boots, a cold boots on a rusted out iron door. And I have no reasonable explanation why that happened. But I think what really started, um, really freaked us out on some of the investigations that we've done to this point is when we went to the Selma Mansion, which is in Norristown, Pennsylvania. And that was right around the time. So I booked that investigation. I went to Themenology 2020. Um, my friend Dave Schrader was there from the Holzer Files, uh, Darkness Radio. Uh, Shane Pittman was there. Um, Bill Freeman, who runs the Norristown Preservation Society, was there. So we got that investigation through Bill. And um, what's interesting was that was right around the time when I invited Melissa to join, um, basically, Phantom Detectives as our psychic medium and assistant lead investigator. And there, um, basically, right, and I also, she was right around the time you were also picking up a connection to Lincoln um, in the Selma Mansion, right, Melissa? Yes. So uh, it's interesting how that happens, right? Sometimes we don't even have to set foot in the location. Uh, maybe a week before we go, I will start tuning into certain uh, pieces of evidence about that particular place. So I remember saying to Joshua, it might have been about a week before we went to investigate the mansion, and I said, Joshua, I keep on getting visions of Abraham Lincoln having to do with the Selma mansion. And I said, what what would he have to do with the mansion? And I thought maybe it's just a gentleman that resembled Lincoln, and he kept on assuring me that, no, that I I am correct with what I'm tuning into because – now, who is it, Joshua? Was it Abraham Lincoln's wife? Was it Mary Todd Lincoln? Her grandfather actually owned the Selma Mansion. So that's where that Lincoln connection came in. But I agree, Joshua. The Selma Mansion, that definitely uh, also left an impression on me, not, not only because it was my ver- very first investigation with the team, because we just tuned into so many different spirits. I remember opening the door to the mansion and feeling like I was just hit like a tidal wave because the energy was so strong in there. And by no means, it wasn't necessarily negative. It was just a lot. I remember having to step away, step out of there for a little while and reground, you know, just get myself together in order to go back in and investigate. And I remember at the third floor of the mansion, there was a spirit of a gentleman who was not happy to see us. And I remember that we mostly stayed in the right wing of the third floor of that mansion because I didn't have a good feeling about the left wing. It was kind of like he was saying, you know, you're not welcomed in in this part, (laughs) you know. So uh, I respected his wishes because I know we go into investigations with, 
uh, we're very respectful to the spirits. You know, we treat it like this is their home and we're their guests. And um, so, but there was just so many different layers. You could just sense so many different time periods in that place. So that was, uh, that was definitely one of my favorite places to investigate. And that was my very first time of encountering a spirit that wasn't exactly so welcoming. Uh, I have not been pushed or had any negative experiences like that as of yet. Now, we have investigated places where we all have left there extremely drained. I mean, we were all complaining of feeling sick uh, the week after investigating certain locations. So I feel safe to say we've had experiences where spirits have really drained our energy pretty good, just like they will drain the batteries and your equipment. Uh, so that is probably there. There, there are probably the only times where I could say that I've had experiences that maybe weren't so positive during investigations. Mm-hmm. Now, my friend Hallie Odell goes to went to San, went to Soma Mansion a few times, um, and he said it's a really, really great location. Oh, it is. And what's amazing is this was uh, – it was actually – the funny thing is right around the time when we did that investigation, um, we had a guest investigator by the name of Ashley with us that night who's friends – she's friends with Bill Freeman uh, from the Norristown Preservation Society who runs the mansion there. And basically her fiancé was walking in just to pick her up because uh, she was getting ready to leave. And right when he was outside, he reported seeing – basically say, hey, did we're one of you um, on the third floor looking out the window – and basically, you know, um, you know, staring at us, and you know, he said he saw a, um, a apparition of a, a person with brown hair. And this figure uh, could possibly be General Andrew Porter, who is known to occupy the third floor of the Selma Mansion and the doll room, where it's very active. And there's also children's spirits there. Um, and what was interesting, the night that we were there um, in the doll room, basically the REM pods were going off, um, Sasha's electroscope was going off. Um, Rick's Scare Bear REM pod was going off. So anytime um, you basically can add like layers upon layers with all the equipment going off at once, that's a, that was a fantastic catch. And then Melissa was also tuning in of a, a servant uh, that was on the first floor of the mansion, and basically she was very welcoming. We captured her um, apparition on the thermal camera, um, just taking point and zapping near the uh, kitchen area, and we also mapped her on the SLS camera. Yes, her name was Martha, I believe. So yes. that is what was wonderful about that place is, yes, there were so many spirits in there. And, yes, the gentleman on the third floor wasn't exactly happy to see us. But it was nice that the very first spirit that I encountered was a very welcoming spirit. I mean, she seemed like she wanted to show us around the place. So you got a very just peaceful, happy vibe from her. So it was a great way to start the investigation. And, again, you know, being that that was my very first time as a paranormal investigator and working as a medium, you know, during our investigations, it it truly was fascinating seeing our equipment going off, especially in the child's room. You know, we have – it's called a scare bear, the teddy bear with – what is it? It's it's like a sensor inside of it, you know. So you really have to manipulate this bear. You can't just – if you just walk past it or wave your hands in front of it, it doesn't go off. I mean, you really have to touch and handle this bear. So it was interesting to see that going off like crazy in the child's room. So we had a lot of great experiences that night, and that is definitely a memorable one for me. Sounds like it. Yeah. Man, 
<laughs> have you have you guys ever travel outside of Pennsylvania for investigations? Not yet per se, but actually I have been outside Pennsylvania on um, previous investigations. I've been to um, a place called the Smyra Museum, which is part of the Plank House. It's in southern Delaware, um, a little bit south of Dover. I used to be part of a paranormal research team uh, at that time in 2018 called Delmarva Historic Haunts. They're founded by a gentleman named Rick Coward who lived down by um, the beach area, Delmarva Rehoboth Beach. And I was there um, as a member of the team at that time. And what was interesting was we were in the uh, Smyra Historical Society that night, and was in, you know, in one of the rooms, it was kind of really weird. The REM pod was kind of playing like a Morse code phenomenon. And this, I've never seen this happen there before. But the funny thing is our last investigation that we just released on our YouTube channel, our eighth investigation, downstairs in the basement area, we, we put the REM pod right by the, uh, one of the uh, snare drums, and all of a sudden it was playing a Morse code as well, so to get that, um, you know, that phenomena um, in Delaware at the same time, getting it um, up there in Pennsylvania, outside Philadelphia, at another at a residential location, that was absolutely uh, fantastic. And I also, um, in, in a, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to travel outside uh, Pennsylvania to go to Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. In the, with, a, with a friend, basically. I just, we just did a public investigation there in West Virginia, and I can definitely conclude that, um, you know, that penitentiary is very haunted, and it um, has some of the most active uh, places in the location. Many teams go there um, and report seeing all, lots of shadows and figures and apparitions. So I've um, ventured a little bit outside Pennsylvania um, in Delaware and in West Virginia. Have you, no. have you ever thought about down to Virginia? Uh, West Virginia and Trans Allegheny. No, have you, ever, you ever thought about coming to Virginia? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's actually a place there um, that I would like to check out. It was on the Holzer Files. I can't remember. It's the there's a, a state that was uh, belonged to a, a young lady by the name of Eva Bird. Um, and I know Shane, Dave, and Cindy were there in I think uh, 2020. And actually, there they have shadow trackers, and they actually captured um, uh, a full body apparition moving and pointing the direction of um, a potential, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, a ghost in somewhere. So that is very interesting. So we're definitely going to be looking to go down to Virginia in the near future as we expand. Right now we're starting locally in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware, but we're definitely open to going to West, you know, Virginia, West Virginia, and working our way down to Sunbelt. Well, I've got uh, a location called the Cabin on 360. It's a... Uh... Yeah, you know about that. Shameless plug. Hell, you know what? I'm gonna do what I can. You know, get get it out there. But it's uh, it's on a Civil War battlefield. Two awesome. different houses. One of the houses a girl got murdered in. So wow. uh, lots of activity down here. Just it's just That's like awesome. uh, you know Pennsylvania, Virginia, one of the first colonies. Lots of history here. Plus oh, yeah. the Civil War, all the battles and, that pretty much there were like four or five battles that took place just around where I am, right here in Mechanicsville. And, Oh yeah, absolutely. There's also Yorktown. Um, basically, that was yeah. where um, you, you know that was uh, you know kind of ended the American Revolution. Um, also, I believe that you know George Washington's estate is there. Uh, of course, I always wanted to go to Mount Vernon to see it. Uh, Thomas yeah. Jefferson Monticello, Monticello there. So there's a lot of really great places in Virginia um, that you probably um, have been or would like to check out. Oh yeah, yeah. Is this? They're places. They're really. They're actually. They're cool places. Anywhere you go, you just got to know where to find them. You know. 
Exactly. The key is um, we do a lot of historical research, too, on investigations. I will actually go back and check um, sometimes, you know, if we go to a certain location, um, I'll go back and check, um, you know, the historical society or I'll call and go to a library to sometimes pull a record to see if Melissa's reading match the history. I tell her nothing about the uh, history of these locations, and she's able to be spot on every time, just like the connection to Lincoln at the Selma Mansion. During National Ghost Hunting Day, she was actually able to tune into Lincoln again in the in the uh, Sanderson Museum, and there there is actually a bag that actually uh, belonged. It was a, a basically a bandage that was on President Lincoln as he was traveling from Thor's Theater to um, basically Chicago to be buried. That was on Lincoln when John Wilkes Booth, um, unfortunately, fat- fatally, um, you know, killed him in, eight- in 18- April of 1865 at Thor's Theater. So it was a bandage of Lincoln, and she was also sensing a-, a purse. And there, you know, there's a purse inside that same case of the- from the Jenny White House in Gettysburg. So, you know, she was able to tune in to that, um, you know, connection to Lincoln in two different places and have no idea of any of the historical, historical knowledge of it. That's how good she is. Yes, because I said to Joshua, I said, okay. I know we're getting ready to get to the Sanderson Museum again. I said, but I'm, I'm just picking up on something about Lincoln again. I thought, okay, what, what is going on here? And is it me? Am I just, you know, I, I don't know. Am I, am I off? Why, why would I tune into Lincoln again about this location? And then he informed me that the, the, his bandage is there. And I remember looking at the case where his bandage was kept, and there were so many other just historical different different objects. And I remember – just looking at looking at these objects, and I knew nothing about Jenny Wade. Um, I knew nothing about the history, uh, absolutely nothing. I never even heard of it, and I know that's bad on my behalf, but I just remember just looking at these objects, and the word Wade just blurted out of my mouth. And Joshua said, I, I said, well, wh- wh- why am I saying Wade or Wayne? And he says, okay, you're spot on about this. And then he informed me about Jenny Wade's purse. So her, her purse was, it was in that um, case, wasn't it, Joshua? Was yes, it, in, it was. In, in the case? Yeah. Yep. It, right inside, um, there's actually uh, inside the museum of the mansion, or inside the museum, there is a like a, a military section, and it's like pretty much in the same case, right next to the bandage of you know where the purse is. So when you can basically go back and say connection to Lincoln, and then basically I think the the word Lincoln, or um, basically a purse popped up on the obelisk. The obvious is kind of a theory device, but it uses EMF fields to create words and responses using dictionary mode. So when you can match words on the obvious on top of the reading <clears> and then on top of the EVPs we captured, there, we, got, we had so much evidence that night during National Ghost Hunting Day. And right before we went live on National Ghost Hunting Day, um, that was the first night that we actually had the phasm light from Ghost Stop. Uh, Rick, our lead investigator and our tech manager, uses it. Um, it changes the lighting um, the effects within a room. And um, basically, during that um, investigation, we actually captured the word like desperate or, you know, or something along those lines right before we started. So that was a voice that was captured right on, right when we started our stream for the world's largest ghost hunt. Mm. Mm. Wow. You guys are catching some really awesome, awesome stuff. That is amazing. Oh, absolutely. The funny thing is, you're pretty awesome too. Oh, yeah, and th- this is at the tip of the iceberg. So last year, we actually made a major purchase uh, um, in May 21st of 2021. We actually, a fellow by the name of Leo Ashcraft, uh, he worked for the Mutual News um, based out of Dallas, Texas. 
and Leo uh, used to be the affiliate director of Art Bell um, in 2015. I worked under Leo, learned under him as well, and Leo actually decided to, to sell his news service, uh, Dark Matter News, which was the primary news service of the late Art Bell's return, final return ever to the air, and Phantom Detectives LLC became the new owners of Dark Matter News. And what we did was instead of like basically wanted to honor Art because he died on April 13, 2018, he uh, fortunately died toxicology reports um, that he had a uh, overdose. Um, so basically, unfortunately, he um, passed away. Um, but we, we, what we did is to pay tribute to him. Melissa, Rick, and uh, Mark, and you know our former member, uh, went ahead and we relaunched Dark Matter News under our leadership, um, and we called it. Uh, we, we we built a new website built from the ground up, which is darkmatternews.com, and we started writing paranormal news articles on it. And in the future, we're going to be using that um, on uh, darkmatter.radio. Um, the Dark Matter Digital Network. So we're in the process of potentially relaunching that here in a couple of weeks when I hear back from my friends Tim Osmond and Mike Marshallek. So Dark Matter News is uh, basically under our control, and we're going to be relaunching as a paranormal news hub for everybody. Oh, wow. That's really awesome. I'm sure a lot of people will, will enjoy going to, going to that uh, to find all the, all the cool articles and stuff. I know I, when I'm looking for articles to, to read on my show, it's, you know, i got to hop around the different, like, websites that are basically based in the UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all there. Like yeah. Almost every single one has been based in the UK. And all, but you, you, as soon as I start scrolling down, pop-up ads start popping <laughs> up, and it's a big old pain in my ass. So like, I definitely would love skinny. to have a place to go to get some um, articles. So we're almost done. we got like four minutes left. I want to give you guys a chance to promote yourselves, get, get whatever like like social media out there. People can sure. um, follow you and uh, see what you're doing. Absolutely. So my um, website, this is actually there's, we have the team's website, which is Phantom, P H A N T O M, Phantom Detectives. So the word Phantom Detectives, and just type in .org on your browser. Um, there's that website. There's also um, Rick's website, which is um, uh, ERC, ERC, then the number two. Then the, the word explore, so erc2explore.com. And then um, there is also darkmatternews.com. This word, dark matter, all one word, darkmatternews.com. And then, Melissa, you have a website as well, don't you? I do. So you can find me on Facebook under Psychic Medium Autumn Melissa. And I also have a website, psychicmediumautumn.com. So I do give. Uh, readings, face-to-face readings, virtual, over-the-phone, uh, group readings. So, yeah, yeah, if anyone's interested, feel free to reach out. And we That's also, cool. our, fourth, our fourth member, Mark, who is not presently here, that he's actually a renowned psychic medium. They call him the Psychic Lawyer, Psychic Explorer. Um, his website is afterlifefrequency.com. That's the word afterlife and then the word frequency. Dot com. Mark is um, going to be mentoring Melissa here in the near future, and he's been on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, uh, Gaia TV, um, as well as many other top places. And he uh, basically should, in terms of that, basically he might be uh, coming on again with us in the future. So that's afterlifefrequency.com for Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. 
definitely. I would get you get on my followers to um, check you guys out and uh, and follow what follow you guys and keep track of what you guys do. I'm very um, happy that you guys came on the show to chat with me. And sounds like you guys had some really had some really awesome stuff going on. And uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get you guys back on sometime in the future. That sounds good. Thank you so much. Love All to. right, guys. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate you. Thank you, Thank you for having us. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. No problem. Have a good night. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed talking to them. Um, definitely made my life easy. They had a lot of a lot of cool stories. I'm really glad to ask many questions. Um, so next week, we've got a special show. I'm excited about it because next week is the 400th anniversary on the day, Tuesday, March 22nd, is the 400th anniversary of the Indian massacre that took place at Henrikus Park or in the surrounding area of Henrikus Park. For those of you, those of you who don't know, Henrikus is the second settlement after Jamestown. Um, so we've got the um, historical director of, his, of Henrikus, Henrikus Historical Park coming on the show to chat about the massacre what took place, what led to what led what led up to it, like what changes happened after what you know, what what did the massacre cause, what changes did it cause? And it's a joint venture between the freaking awesome paranormal show and the Orion Effect from the Rift Radio Network. So Holly Odell will be my co host tomorrow on uh, Tuesday night, not tomorrow night, Tuesday night next week. So we're super excited about that.